1: Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Welcome to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahi.
2: And I'm Yasmeen Amr. Right now, it feels like the world around us is a convergence of hardship. People protesting against police brutality, racial injustice, and calling for change, all in the midst of a global pandemic. We're suffering, both from a new disease and one that's been sickening our country for hundreds of years.
1: But through this pain, we've seen stories of ordinary people reaching out to those in need, like the man who opened his home to protesters who needed a place to stay, or the groups of people handing out food, water, masks, and hand sanitizer to protesters. We all need to look out for each other. And it's a lesson Maurice Humphrey in Vernon, Connecticut, has taken to heart. Back in April... Maurice got a call from a friend who needed help. She has four kids. She was working under the table, and she just kind of does it all on her own. She asked Maurice if he'd be able to buy groceries for her family. Maurice wanted to help, but he
2: wanted to take
1: it a step further. I've seen a lot of my friends doing challenges on Facebook and Instagram, push-up challenge or whatever challenge it was.
2: He asked her if she'd allow him to tell her story on Facebook to see if they could raise more than just the money he could give her. Maurice is a former Penn State football player, so he knew just how to tap into the competitive spirits of his athletic friends, many of whom he says have charitable hearts and big wallets. He called his fundraising effort the $20 Challenge.
0: And when I put it on my Facebook, it just
2: kind of caught fire. All those $20 donations added up to $300 on the first day of Maurice's fundraiser. Then he started getting more requests from families who needed groceries. But as the requests increased, So did the donations.
1: People just continue to donate. People love the challenge, and people are just donating every day. The challenge was simple. People all across the country sent donations to Maurice, who would go grocery shopping with the donated money. Then, with the help of volunteers, Maurice would deliver the food to the families who'd requested help. It was a hit. In the first three weeks of the challenge, Maurice helped more than 20 families in Connecticut after raising nearly $2,500 for groceries. Maurice kept posting pictures and videos of his shopping trips to encourage his friends and followers to give and to ask for help if they needed it. The $20 challenge started reaching beyond Maurice's direct network. That's how Elsa Rodriguez heard about it.
2: It came in perfect time. So at that moment, I was like kind of struggling with a few necessities and stuff like that. So I decided to shoot him an email and see if I would be one of the lucky people that he'd actually be able to bring some food for. And within two days, he brought me groceries. Elsa lost her job due to the pandemic. And with a 14-year-old son at home 24-7, she said the $300 she receives in government assistance for food each month for the two of them Hasn't been enough. We're used to sending our kids to school. So they get breakfast and lunch at school. You really worry about dinner. So it's like now you have to worry about breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between, everything in between. Elsa is also an amputee. So she says going to the local food pantry or soup kitchen can be very difficult. So when she received a grocery delivery from one of Maurice's volunteers, she says she was overcome with relief and gratitude. It felt like I hit the jackpot just... I'm very simple, so little things like that, it's like me winning a million dollars.
1: Now, Maurice's $20 Challenge Facebook group has more than 700 members from across the country, with volunteers, and Maurice, delivering groceries to about 25 families a week in Connecticut. And last week, Maurice announced that he'll be partnering with his local housing authority to help even more people. The $20 Challenge is still just in Connecticut, But Maurice hopes he can inspire others to start their own version in their communities. As the challenge grows in popularity and reach, Maurice says all of this, the fundraising, the social media videos, it's not about him. He wants his challenge to show the power of neighbors coming together. I'm here to just try to help the people, anyone that I can help that's in need right now in my area. People just helping people. That's what it has to be about. We have to get back to that point which just helping each other
2: out. You can learn more about Maurice Humphrey's $20 challenge on Facebook or on our website, WBUR.org kindworld And we'll be back with more Kind World after the break.
1: Welcome back to Kind World. Just like in our last story, Times of crises highlight the importance of community. And right now, in the midst of a global pandemic and mass protests against racial injustice, we're asking, how do we build stronger,
2: healthier, and more equitable communities? That is at the heart of Mia Birdsong's work. She's an activist and author of the new book, How We Show Up, Reclaiming Family, Friendship, and Community. She focuses on strengthening relationships by giving and receiving support from what she calls our village.
0: So when I think about like what our villages are, right, they are partly about practical help. Like who's bringing meals when we're sick or when we're, we're caretaking for somebody else who is sick? Who is, you know, checking in on us? So like it's all these practical things. But it really is how do we create spaces where we feel belonging where we feel witnessed, where we feel seen, right? Like that is that is what we all need as people. Mia realized just how important having a village is very early in life. I was raised by a single mother and she, um, after my parents got divorced, she was really on her own. She didn't have her, her, her family disowned her when she married my father. My mother is a white woman from Macon, Georgia, and my father was a Black man from Jamaica, um, and her her family was racist. Um, So they disowned her, so she was really on her own. And what she did, like so many other um, unpartnered parents do, is she built family for us out of her friendships. So I had this model of what chosen family looks like growing up.
1: Mia is pushing us to think more intentionally about the support we need from our friendships which can be tough in a culture
0: that glorifies self-reliance and individualism. The thing that, that is a through line throughout the book and throughout the research that I did is how uncomfortable we are with asking for and accepting help. It is like deeply ingrained in us that, you know, asking for help is a sign of weakness. And part of what I learned from so many of the people that I interviewed for the book is that providing and receiving support from other folks is a way of building intimacy.
2: Receiving and giving help is not just about being nice. It's a foundation to strong relationships. There's one example I love of how Mia did that in her own life. It was years ago, after she had her second baby. And when she realized that she and her husband hadn't been on a date In
0: years. And that was not good for our relationship, right? We're not the only family who has this this challenge. So I asked two other families who we were friends with, um, because our kids were the same age, if we could basically provide care for everybody's kids, like we could rotate every other week. We did that for years. And So first of all, I got my dates. And then, of course, I also got to share in ensuring that other people in my community also got that. That was kind of my goal. But the relationships that developed because of that are just, were just really beautiful.
2: And these days, Mia looks to her village for more than just practical help. She's also looking
0: to them for solace. I think in this moment, too, where where we're experiencing this other cycle of white violence and what that does to... Um, me emotionally, and how important it is that I have all of these other, like, I'm in community with lots and lots of Black women, where we create space for each other, right? Very intentional space where we can just be held in in the grief at this moment. Having that place means that I am not going through my day holding those things by myself. The thing is, we're not meant to get
1: through life by ourselves especially not a global pandemic or times of racial violence. So I had to ask Mia, what does it mean to show
0: kindness right now? Kindness doesn't mean that things aren't hard or painful. Kindness is not about being nice. Right. Sometimes kindness is about you know telling your your racist uncle that he actually is not welcome at your table anymore um, until he does some of his work. Like that actually is kindness. Kindness and accountability in my mind are very closely connected. Um, kindness and liberation are very closely connected. Right. We want a we want a world in which all of us feels a sense of belonging. We want to feel cared for. We want to feel loved. Kindness has to be um, something that is something that requires action. And that action looks different for
1: everyone. But what's important is that we all take part. Thank you to activist and author Mia Birdsong. Her new book, How We Show Up, Reclaiming Family, Friendship and Community, is out now.
2: Thanks so much for listening to Kind World this week. We're hard at work on some upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for new stories dropping in your podcast feed every Tuesday. And you can always keep up with us on Instagram. We're at WBUR Kind World. Kind World
1: is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikis and Matt Reed do our sound design. Sophie Eisenberg is our WBUR fellow. Catherine Brewer is our managing producer and editor. And Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahi,
2: And I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. We still want to hear from you. So if you've got a story of kindness to share with us, call and leave us a voicemail. We're at 617-353-6350. That's 617-353-6350. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.